0: yo 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 what is up it's been a while it's been a long time this is the Petty Time with Wavy Will podcast I am your host Stefan Williams aka Wavy Will um it's been a while since I've done one of these uh partly because I've moved into a new place I've been trying to decide how I wanted to do things I've been experiencing some differences in what I was used to, so this is something very new to me. Um, however, the content and what I put out is not new because it's still me, it's still me from my radio days, it's still me from when I used to put out podcasts on a regular basis. But I'm just now trying to get back into some form of normalcy, I guess. So, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about my military career. Um, as a lot of you know, I was in the military for 13 years. I was in the army. I was a human resources Facebook specialist, as I like to call it. Um, but no, I was just a human resources specialist. Um, 42 Alpha. Uh, I had some ups and downs, a lot of ups and my fair share of downs, so, yeah, in this episode, I will be talking about the majority of that, I guess, uh, I first enlisted in the army, well, I raised my hand to join the army on 9-11-2006, yeah, 9-11-2006, um, I ended up doing 13 years, uh, I didn't end up shipping off to basic training until October 5th 2006 so I had just turned 20 wow (laughs) that's crazy I had just turned 20 when I um shipped off to boot camp Uh, I ended up doing my basic training at Fort Knox which was very interesting but because going there in october it was the start it was the end of the fall season and then going right into the winter season so it was very 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 cold during our ftx and for those who don't know the ftx is our final training uh exercise so yeah Uh, the wind chill was very very cold and it was like I want to say it was about negative 10 wind chill which to me was very cold you can see icicles everywhere there were some guys who had uh, icicles coming out their nose and it was just uh, it was different Uh, being at Fort Knox is kind of cool because it was an all-male Institute That had, uh, like, uh, they have women cadre, but they didn't have any women soldiers there to, like, go through basic training. Um, We learned a lot. So, like, our drill sergeants taught us a couple different things that they don't usually teach people in basic training. Um, Like, for instance, we spent, like, so much time doing, uh, left-handed and right-handed shooting in situations, which is kind of different. I'm by far not ambidextrous at all, but going through basic training and learning how to shoot with my left and my right hand was pretty cool. Um, We got pretty crazy (laughs) at basic training. For the people who didn't act right, we had sock parties for them, blanket parties. Um, For those who don't know, like when you act up or when you do stupid stuff and basically trying to get your whole platoon or squad smoked, then we have a nice little blanket party or sock party with you later on at night where we basically put like a bar of soap in a sock or we throw a blanket over you and we just start punching you and beating you up and stuff. So those times were fun. Uh, one of our, uh, drill were, uh, was level four combatives and so um he would always show us different combatives moves and techniques because he was also like trying to be in the MMA while he was a drill sergeant which was kind of weird um yeah he was always like saying if anybody want to test me like I can take off my drill sergeant hat and we can can throw bows or whatever (laughs) nobody ever really tested him I guess so like I guess we never really did anything so that was pretty cool um, yeah, I remember doing Pugles, which is really fun because being there for about a good two and a half, three weeks before you got your weapon, you started to already like pick and choose who your battle buddies were. You already started to pick and choose who you did or didn't like. So, like, when Pugles came around, we definitely already had some people that we didn't like at that time. So,. That was that one time that we get got to, like, take out some of our frustration on some of the other soldiers in the platoon. So I just remember beating the crap out of this one dude that I didn't like at all. He was, like, one of the guys that got us smoked at least four times a day. So when they called us up to do the um, the Pugles, it was, it was a known fact that I was going to call him up to, like, go at it with i don't even remember the dude's name but yeah um i remember being the uh (laughs) the guide on bear that was fun um i just always remember eating last with the pg and then always being in the front of the line to like make sure that everybody went first and so like in the military or in basic training when whenever the PG is done which is the platoon guy um, whenever he's done eating then everybody else who sat down before him is done eating so like usually um, we ate a little slower so that way everybody got a chance to eat but then if there was some people that like wasn't paying attention or whatever not getting it through their heads what we supposed to do then we ate a little faster that day um, <laughs> I remember doing, uh, uh, the little ruck marches up the hills, uh, Heartbreak, and Misery, I believe it was, I may have gotten the names wrong, but whatever, those were tough, that's probably, like, like the toughest thing that I went through at, uh, basic training, was the ruck marches. Cause not only was did I have to be in the front of the formation, but like I had to keep up with the company commander and the company commander in his spare time was doing like half marathons and full marathons. So like doing that with a 40 pound ruck, rucksack on your back and carrying a guide on or platoon stick or whatever, um, that was kind of tough for a 20 year old me in slick conditions up a hill that was pretty icy uh (laughs) but that was fun a lot of people talk about how like the gas chamber was bad but like to me the gas chamber was kind of fun i do i do the gas chamber again because um i always wanted to be like somewhat sick and have my sinuses messed up before i went to the gas chamber because i knew that after i went through the gas chamber um, my sinuses would clear up because it's like literally all the congestion and all the bad stuff that's in your system is gonna come out. Um, I remember the drill starting to close the door and he set off the um, the gas and he was like, all right, there's only one way out of here. So if you guys are like, if you guys are too frustrated or can't take it, the last thing you wanna do is push me up against this door because you have to pull the door in order to open the door. But like as soon as we got in there close the door and he sets off the cs um guys started freaking out so they started pushing up him up against the door but then he was like put your mask on and then um we all went back to relaxing and uh not necessarily relaxing but like trying to calm down um then they told us to break the seal and take the mask off and then i remember like it was yesterday when it was time for me to go up and like do what i had to do in order to get out the gas chamber he was like all right i want you to say your last name your last four your social security number and then say the fourth line of the, the um the soldier's creed <laughs> i just remember like take it off my mask i'm like what he wants me to say my last name last four and then fourth line of the soldier's creed and like in my head i'm like trying to think of what the soldier's creed is i'm like nun, 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 nun. but like i ended up doing it and they tell everybody when they leave the gas chamber they're like i want you to flap your arms i want you to be like my eyes open my arms are flapping so like as we're leaving the gas chamber they're all outside like with these cameras and taking pictures of each other and you can see these long lines of snot coming out of people's noses and teary eyes and stuff like that from being in a gas chamber and it was it was kind of fun (laughs) oh man that was fun and then I remember being sent off to uh AIT at Fort Jackson man let me tell you about Fort Jackson Fort Jackson was I don't know it was hot it was a little they call it they called it relaxing Jackson when I was there and then because they didn't like that whole little title they try to change it to uh, action Jackson which to me it's still relaxing Jackson because it wasn't hard as it wasn't as hard as Fort Knox to me so I was I was definitely like this is nothing so this is definitely a relaxation from what I was at Fort Knox Um, I remember I did my AIT then I had to do an additional eight weeks, seven or eight weeks there after I graduated AIT to um to do my Fox five training, which was the post operations. So it was, it was weird. Cause after I graduated AIT, I wasn't necessarily like a permanent soldier, but I wasn't a trainee either. So like, I was basically considered a Cadre, even though I was, I want to say I was a PFC at the time. Um, so yeah, I did that and then I got word that my first duty station was going to be in Germany (laughs) and I was just thinking to myself like, wow, the army really done fucked up by letting me go out to Germany as my first duty station like legit my first duty station as a 20 year old without having to worry about like rules from mom and dad and family members like going to germany like seriously really all right cool whatever (laughs) that's on y'all for sending me out there so um i never I, i never really drank before i never really smoked before or did anything I was just really into music I was really into dancing and I was really into going out to the clubs and because the army provided me with such a such a secure check like I was going out every weekend like seriously I was going out Fridays I was going out Saturdays I was going out Wednesdays I was going out some Thursdays and still having to get up go to PT the next morning and yeah like legit every time i went out to the club i had to go downtown to buy me an outfit and i didn't just buy like you know the shoes or whatever i, I bought shoes i bought shirts I bought watches i bought whole outfits accessories everything and then on top of that whenever i went out to the club i would take out a hundred dollars cash and a hundred dollar in euro oh <laughs> uh, man i was I was stupid way back then. But I had I had so much fun, because I don't know, to me, like Germany is a black man's universe. There's like nothing you can do wrong as a black man in Germany. You, you just go out there and have fun. Like there's, there's women waiting for you, there's sports, there's some of everything to get into. If you want to get into something, like Germany's the place to go. I tell people all the time that uh Germany is good for three types of people well two types of people actually single people and married people (laughs) and they're like well that's everybody and I'm like that's the point so Germany is for everybody um but that also like got me into a lot of trouble though (laughs) Uh, like taking out that much money at a time like as young as I was I wasn't really I wasn't really, uh, what's the word to say? I wasn't really used to having that much money or like knowing what to do responsibly, responsibly, whatever the word is with my money. So like I was in debt a little bit, not necessarily debt, but like, there were some times when I was getting paid and I'd still be in the red from like, because my bank didn't have a withdrawal or, they allowed me to overdraft instead of stopping me from overdrafting. So I just took out money as often as I wanted to without the the bank stopping me from doing so. So I thought I was balling out. I had all the Jordans, I had all the clothes. I mean, my room was nice and like, I don't know, but I can't ever remember like having a twin size bed like usually in like the military, they put you in a twin size bed and whatnot. But like, I usually always had the room to myself. And my roommate, you know, we were separated. So like he would always be at his girlfriend's house. So like, I basically had the room to myself. So I took both beds and I put them together. And you know, that's how I got around. But um, I'll, I'll, I've always told people like, I don't know how you can get jiggy with it on a twin size bed. <laughs> I know I didn't like <laughs> I put both of those beds together and then I basically had a, a king size bed my whole military career um, but yeah I had tons of fun in Germany I was in Stuttgart Germany and um, for those of you who knew me really back then it was Proton Thursdays Capo Fridays uh, and I want to say City Department on Fridays or something like that. But it was fun. I remember meeting a bunch of rappers out there. I remember when David Banner came to the club. I remember meeting um young Jock. I remember uh that was back in the soldier boy days when it was in its in its like very height of the whole movement. Like that was that was some fun times, like I, I mostly remember David Banner though because like he came to the club and this dude for some stupid reason like he was he was a German but like he decided to come to the club with a Confederate flag <laughs> and so David Banner saw that he had uh, a Confederate flag and he was like hey can I see that and then he was like stop the music and then he was like. um, what's the what's the highest proof of liquor y'all got in this in this joint so they gave him a whole bottle of the liquor or whatever and he like burnt the Confederate flag on stage at the club and that to me was kind of fire get it kind of fire cuz he said all right whatever tough crowd um, <laughs> anyways uh, I had my fair share of women when I was in in Germany uh, i don't know i wasn't i wasn't necessarily a gigolo or like a manslut or anything but let's just say that i didn't have to like wait too long or like look too far to find somebody to take home with me anyways um then i met a girl out there like i really like this girl uh and I ended up deploying, which was kind of weird. Cause I was like, I was telling her like, if, if we were to stay together when I came back from deployment, I would have probably married her and, uh, that didn't work out. So I went back to my whole phase. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean, that'll do that to people. Like, when you're in Germany and you're black and you're young and you don't have any ties you're either playing sports, you're in the club, you're either drinking, or you're looking for the next. And that's just how it was. I mean, a lot of y'all may not like it, whatever, I don't care. This is my show and I get to say what I want on my show. Um... I'm, I'm just having flashbacks of some of the people that I met when I was in Germany. Um, some people that I met, some homeboys that I, I, I'm i still friends with to this day who I see on Facebook. Shout out to y'all because y'all are real MVPs. I see how y'all grown and uh, came up from what we used to do back in Stuttgart. So, shout out to y'all for real. Um, I think... To be honest, to be completely honest, I've had more fun either in Iraq or in Germany than I've had for every other duty station that I've ever been. Like, if it was if it was in Germany, <clears throat> it was probably more than likely um, Iraq. And the the crazy thing about the places that I went to in Iraq, I was literally in the same place. Both of my deployments so like there was there was really no difference except for the place that i laid in my head the second time i went back for my deployment um both times i was working in the same exact palace um one of saddam hussein's palace right across from the um the u.s embassy um in union three by the Crosswords. so like some of the same people that i met there on my first deployment was there on my second deployment so, like, was, we had poker nights, we had R&B and hip-hop nights, it was just wild and crazy, like, but, like, I, I seriously kind of want to go back to Iraq, um, that may sound weird, but, like, I want to go back as a civilian contractor, because if I was to go back there as a civilian contractor doing the stuff that I was doing when I was in the military, I could have put away so much more money, like, There's legit people out there who says like, if you go out there for your allotted 18 months and um, take your like, your R&R here and there, take your two weeks there, here and there, whatever, you can easily come back after 18 months of being deployed and working there with an, easily you can come back with $100,000, easily. And that was like some of the most basic, companies out there like kbr um blue, blue blue thunder or something like that but like i don't know i need to get in contact with somebody to put me on so i can go out there and make some good money before i come back and do whatever i gotta do maybe then i can pay off my student loans maybe i can get out of debt and uh i don't know pay off my car or put a down payment on house or something i might strongly consider that though Anyways, um, I don't know. After I left Germany, I ended up getting stationed at Fort Jackson. So I go from Fort Jackson to Germany, back to Fort Jackson as a duty station. And I'm stationed there for a year. I'm having fun. And that is where I met my now ex-wife, which is which is kind of interesting because, like, before um, let's see before I left to Germany, I met her at a club and then we stayed in contact while I was in Germany and then, like, me knowing that I'm coming back to South Carolina I'm like, hey, yo, I'm about to be stationed in South Carolina, let's meet up blah 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 blah, and then You know, that's history. And then I ended up beating my oldest daughter's mom, which was kind of weird in itself because I was also like talking to my now ex-wife. So I was like, I had an entanglement. (laughs) Oh, man. It's none of you business which one was the entanglement, whether it was my ex-wife or then my older daughter's mom. So maybe that'll be a whole different topic for my podcast. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so um, that that's another interesting topic too because before I left Fort Jackson, like um, I ended up getting married, obviously, but then the whole story of me getting married in and of itself was a topic that's kind of popular now though because my ex-wife proposed to me and like people are like oh no I'm I would never as it like they're saying like as a woman I would never myself propose to a man blah, blah 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 that's his responsibility but at the same time I'm just like it's 2020 if you want something Bad enough if you want someone that bad, like, why wouldn't you propose to them? Why do you have to wait for him to propose to you? But I mean, that's up for debate. Like, I'm willing to have another debate about that on my podcast with whoever wants to be a guest, or even if I have to talk about it by myself, I don't care. Like, that's a good topic to talk about, anyways. I digress. So, um, from South Carolina, I ended up PCSing to Fort Lewis, Um, which was interesting because Fort Lewis, Washington or Joint Base Lewis-McChord was where I was partly raised. I was partly raised there. I went to an elementary school and middle school and a high school there. Not all back to back though, but um, I have uncles there, cousins there, aunties there. So it was kind of fun going back to a place to work and be stationed where I already know like the back of my hand. Like Tacoma was where I was partly raised and Tacoma was where I ended up being stationed. Well, Spanaway slash Tacoma, anyways. That was fun. I met a lot of cool dope ass people that I'm still friends with today. Um, And I'm actually considering moving back there. Like hopefully pretty soon, I don't know. We'll see where that goes, but That in and of itself is another podcast situation or story or whatever. Anyways, um, from Fort Lewis, Washington, I ended up getting, I ended up deploying from there back to Iraq um, to the same exact spot I was at, doing the same exact job that I was doing, working in the same exact palace that I was working. So like, it was, I don't know, it was interesting. Some of the same people, like I said it before, but like some of the same people that I met my first deployment were still there on my second deployment. I'm like, all you guys are doing is just making money, stacking money. Like I this one 25 year old dude who worked for KBR and he was doing postal operations. Like his job was to pack up the mail. People come into the post office, they package it up. They send it to the States or wherever people are sending their mail to. My job was to supervise him to make sure that he was doing the proper things according to what USPS wanted us to do. However, he was getting paid almost 3 times as much as I was even though he was working for KBR and I was in the military. Now, like deployment money, that's not that's not too bad of a some change to be like, you know, whatever, but this dude was easily making three times as much more money as I was, and he was, he was 25 years old, he had three cars, he had two houses paid off in cash, and I'm just like, dude, what am I doing wrong, like, I'm supposed to be your supervisor, but, like, just like, whatever, dude, anyways, um, from deployment, I went back to Fort Lewis, Washington, and then... The army done fucked up again and sent me right back to Germany. (laughs) I was just like, bro, like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all didn't learn the first time y'all sent me to Germany. Now y'all gonna send me back? All right, is about to be fun. So they ended up sending me to Ansbach slash Karterbach, Germany, which is like 30 minutes from the place that I was born. I was born in Nuremberg, Germany, and they ended up, sending me to um to be stationed in Ansbach, which is, like, 30 minutes away from there. So, like, I'm like, dude, I'm retracing, retracing all my steps, like, from the time I was born to, like, where I grew up to where I'm being deployed and all this other stuff. Like, I ended up going so many places and doing so many things that, like, I've already been before. I was able to do some traveling. I was able to do, like... Whole bunch of other stuff, like, but I don't know, like, the military allowed me to do those things um, for the most part. Uh, and then, my second time in Germany, I ended up getting another lady pregnant. So, I mean. <laughs> oh man, that's a story in and it of itself. Because, um, iran- ironic enough, uh, And this is going to probably be another podcast. Um, Both my oldest daughter's mom and my youngest daughter's mom both put somebody else on the birth certificate. Yeah, let that sink in. So like, technically, biologically, I have kids, but by the letter of the law, I do not have any kids. Which is weird and it sucks, but I will go into more depth on another podcast. <sighs> Cause I feel like that, that is gonna be oh gonna be a tough one. Anyways, um so I'm back in Germany, I'm back to doing some of the old stuff I used to do. Clubbing, partying, drinking, which I didn't do before, which is weird. I don't know. I think I have. I'm trying to think which one, which time I had more fun. I'd probably say I had more fun on my first tour to Germany. Yeah. Even though I met some, some, some cool people on my first deployment, and I mean not my first deployment, but like my first and second time in Germany, I met a lot of cool people. But like my first time in Germany was so much fun. Like um. I don't know I was I was always the designated driver which is which was ironic because I didn't have a stateside license my first tour to Germany but like I had a German license so I was always driving people's always drunk and like I would always tell people like if I'm driving then I'm not paying to get into the club and I'm not paying for like Sprite, or a Fanta, because Fanta was my favorite drink back then, anyways, um, I told them, I'm not paying for my entry fee into the club, and I'm not paying for a soda, and they are like, yeah, that's fine, bit, yeah. um, so that was cool, and then my second trip to Germany, um, I ended up going to the, like, because I was still the DD, occasionally, we ended up deciding to go to, like, the same club that I used to club at, my first time in germany which was mind blowing um <laughs> now that i think about it like i ended up like messing with this really hot dj like her name was dj poison ivy i don't know if she's still alive or whatever but like <laughs> i'm not going to tell y'all her real name but um yeah i met her in uh germany and uh yeah, we had we had a little thing going on. It was pretty cool. Anyways, I don't know why I just thought of that, but it just popped up in my head, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but we ended up going back to the same club and it was weird because I ended up running into my my youngest daughter's mom in the club that night. <laughs> and it was it was it was funny because like later on that night we ended up Having like a mini brawl in the club, <laughs> oh man, that was that was a fun night. It was it was a fun night. Uh, man. Just thinking about it, it's like bringing flashbacks. I'll probably talk about that in a different podcast. I know you guys are tired of me saying that. I'll probably bring it up in another podcast, but whatever, it's worth the wait. Um, and then from. My second time being in Germany, I found out that I was going to probably the worst place ever. I ended up being stationed in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Yeah, let that sink in a little bit, like Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Not too far from, um, what is that place called? Uh, not Leonard Wood, but Ooh, gosh I just had a blank Leavenworth it wasn't too far from Leavenworth so um I don't know it was in the middle of nowhere It was about an hour and a half drive from Springfield about two hours from St. Louis and like literally the only thing they had out there was maybe Brunson and Aurora which had a six flags that's about it Waynesville Missouri <laughs> I just had a flashback of uh, I'm I'm definitely going to tell this story in another podcast but uh, I kind of did some bad stuff when I was in Missouri uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell that story probably like if I get on tomorrow or if I get on the day after that I'll definitely tell that story about um the church that I went to when I was there in Missouri. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's gonna that's gonna be bad. That's gonna be bad. Anyways, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, from Missouri, um, I had some trouble. Like my biggest my biggest downfall in the military was um, I got too complacent. Like, I was always the type that, like, to blame my shortcomings on other people. And, like, to me right now, like, me being able to talk about this now is, like, I'm showing my growth on, like, like not being able to, like, blame other people for what I didn't do in the military. So, like, like, as a human research specialist or at 42 Alpha, like, the points for promotion are always maxed out. And like me, what I did, I worked, I did leaves, I did passes, I did awards, promotions, NCOERs, I did, I did everything except for OERs and I did accountability, I did just about everything there is to do in an S1 shop. Um, However, my biggest downfall was the fact that i didn't allow people to talk to me a certain way because they held a certain rank so like if anybody would come into my office talking crazy because they were a sergeant first class or a first sergeant or a master sergeant like i don't care if you were my company commander me being an s1 i didn't work for you i worked for the command sergeant major and the colonel so My thing is, if you come into my office, you don't demand stuff of me or my soldiers by saying I need to stop what I'm doing right now and do this for you right now. Like, no, that's not how stuff works in a battalion where you work for your, you know, your lieutenant colonel and your command sergeant major. Like, no. You guys continue what you're doing, and when I'm finished doing stuff that is a priority to what you need me to do right now, then I'll hand walk it to you when I'm done doing it they didn't like that and so whenever it got time for me to like go to the promotion board or anything like that I never got recommended to go to the board because I was always more so burning bridges with like like the e7s and the e8s because I mean my star major backed me up he was like well he technically is right he's the his title was more than your rank. And they hated that. As a cocky young specialist who was telling an E8 that he wasn't gonna do something because it wasn't a priority, it was pretty ballsy. But it is what it is. Um, so like in my whole 13 year military career, I've never been recommended to go to the board. I've never went to the board, even though part of my job was to set up the boards and set up like study sessions for the board. Kind of weird, right? Anyways, um, but like my, my awards itself was outstanding. Like you, you would look at my ERB and like, wonder like, why isn't this dude promoted? Why isn't he, why doesn't he have a higher rank than he actually has? Like I was working two ranks above my own my title was two ranks above my own, and I just did not take any bullshit from anybody who had more rank than me. And now I'm here on a podcast, talking about it instead of being in the military still. Um, which is ironic too, because like the, the way I got out of the military was kind of weird. So like I got out on what's called the RCP, which is the retention control point which basically states that um, you have an X amount of years to make a certain rank. And if you don't make that rank, then the army is gonna give you a severance pay and say, you know what, thank you for your service. Good luck with your future endeavors. That's basically what they did. However, at that time, they weren't telling people that if you don't take that severance pay, you don't, have to serve three more years in the national guard and you don't get that severance pay. However, when you're telling somebody who's getting out of the military who wants to do other things with their life, that if you do take the severance pay, then you get to have a lump sum of $17,000 lump sum in your account. You're like thinking to yourself, man, this is easy. I can do another three years in the National Guard to get seventeen thousand dollars in my account. That's cool. However, they also don't tell you that the National Guard kinda sucks. So, like my first time going to the National Guard, um, I legit went to uh, I went to drill, and they were like. It was a communications um, battalion. So what they did is like satellites, radios, um, uh, internet cable, cat five, all this stuff. So when I get there, they're like, all right, we're gonna put you online with uh, the cable runners or whatever, and you're gonna be with them. And they're like, we're gonna send you to school. We're gonna waste all this money from the army on you. And we're gonna send you to school. I'm like, hey, I don't want to stay in the National Guard. I don't want to be here, period. But, like, I don't want the military to spend any more money with me. Um, What I would actually like to do is, like, if you allow me to, to, because I know you guys need some help there, like, allow me to go work in the S-1, where I actually know what the hell I'm doing. Allow me to be on books and stay in the books as a soldier in this squad, but have me report to the S-1. And they simply told me to stay in my lane. I was like, okay, cool. Don't worry about it. So as soon as it got time for me to get about the national guard, like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like the whole national guard thing is kind of bizarre. Cause like when I first went there, they didn't in process me. They didn't do jack crap to make sure that I was actually supposed to be there. So I went to one drill and legit went like, I can't say that I went AWOL because I wasn't in processed. So like I was, I was in school full time and they were trying to get me to come to drill but I'm just like, you guys didn't process me. So that's on you guys. Um, and then they finally tracked me down. I was like, hey, yo, if you, if you don't come back to drill, we're gonna take your the money that you're getting to go to school and you're going to have to pay all that back and i'm like you know what you won't ever ever have to look for me again i'll be at drill don't worry about it so i'm showing up to drill and then it comes up on the last year of me being in the national guard i'm going to every drill they're like we got at coming up in august mind you i'm supposed to get out of the national guard in september and i'm telling all my my squad leader i'm telling my platoon leader i'm telling my first sergeant my platoon guide, like everybody like yo like i'm getting out in september like i'm not going to at like what's the point of me going to an annual training in august when i'm getting out of the national guard in september you're like well we we really want you to show the other people the other soldiers how to do your job I'm like I don't even know how to do my job so how do you expect me to show other people how to do my job you legit want me to show up on a Thursday drill do a motor pool from Thursday to Friday evening show up Saturday do some paperwork do some training and then on Sunday like clean the drill hall floor like no, like, no, I'm not coming back. I'm turning in my CIF, my, my gear and all that stuff, and I'm done, that's it. And they're like, no, well, if you do that, then we're gonna put you in for an Article 15. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever, because at the same time, that Article 15 is not gonna get me out faster than what I'm gonna get out on my own next month. I know how long it takes to process an article 15 and all this other stuff and like, get me kicked out the army. You need a lot more stuff than what you have on me already to kick me out faster than I can get out. Anyway, so I ended up getting out and uh, (laughs) I'm so glad to be done with the army for real, for real. Even though like I've met tons of cool people, I've met tons of bad people in the army, but like, I don't know places that I've been the memories that I have from the military is always going to like supersede all of that. So like I'm I'm super pumped about it cuz honestly like who who wouldn't want to go to the army and then have them end up paying for your college, your like they pay for my tuition. They pay me to go to school full time and, like, have a lifestyle similar to what I had when I was in the military, I mean, that's easy, like, I probably wouldn't sign up if I could sign up again, but, like, if I were to redo it all over again as a 20-year-old, I probably would repeat every mistake I've made when I was in the Army, I'm talking every mistake, (laughs) uh, like, my first mistake probably was uh my first article 15 was let's see i was in i was in stuttgart germany and um my nco told me that i needed to have a, a phone i'm like i don't have to have no phone blah, blah 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 all this other stuff so i'm like no i legit don't have to have a phone she's like oh yes you're gonna have a phone or I'ma have you report down to the CQ desk every hour on the hour to check in with me to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. I'm like, okay, whatever, but I'm not getting the phone cause I'm not gonna wanna pay for it. And um, she messed up and said, oh, oh, that must have something to do with the way you was raised and your mama and all this. And I said, what? First of all, don't ever come out your mouth to talk about my mom, first of all, cause you don't, have, you don't know anything about the lady and like why would you even open your mouth to say something like that she was like daddy soldier you're being disrespectful and i'm like i don't give a fuck because you're talking all this crap it was it was wild so i got an article 15 for that um so then when i go in to talk to the first the commander <laughs> for my article 15 proceedings they're like do you have anything to say about yourself about why you did what you did I'm like, well, she talked about my mom, which is unethical for a senior ranking NCO to do that of a soldier in the barracks, and they were like, oh, huh, okay, whatever, so, um, you'll be getting 15 days, uh, uh, extra duty, you'll be having your rank stripped, and you'll be having, uh, your pay cut, and I'm like, thanks a lot, of assholes, so, um, um, I had it set up in my mind that I wasn't gonna like do anything while I was on uh, extra duty. I was just gonna do my extra duty. I was just, I was gonna do what I needed to do in order to get back to, to where I was, to get my rank back, to get my payback, all this other stuff. So like I'm abiding by that and the weekend shows up. And then my roommate at the time, he was like, hey yo, let's go out to the club. I'm like, nah man, I'm cool. I'ma stay in my room. I'ma watch Smallville. And I'm gonna be okay. He's like, nah, man, come out to the club with me. I know some girls that wanna see you, blah, 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 blah. I'll pay for your entry to the club. I'll pay for your drinks, all that other stuff, and I know, and I'll pay for our uh our taxi. And I said, What time should I be ready? <laughs> So uh, we ended up going out to the club and, uh, damn. <laughs> this dude gets drunk as hell, right? And so like, granted I had money, right? But he was like, nah, I'm gonna take care of everything. So we're on our way back to the uh, to post and we're in a taxi. So we get to the front gate and usually taxis aren't allowed to come on post unless they have like a little special certification to do so, which this taxi did. And, um, we get to the front post and, like, the dude's asking for, uh, uh the payment. So, like, my roommate at the time, he was like, "Oh well, yeah, I'm gonna just use my card to pay for the, the taxi or whatever. And the dude was saying, like, no, I don't accept cards. And he was like, I don't have any money on me. And I'm like, he's like, well, blah, 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 blah. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. So, like, I get out of the taxi because he was getting ready to pay. And then there's a, a bus, like a little shuttle that carries us from the the entry, po- the entry point of the post to take us to like wherever we need to go on the on the barracks, or not the barracks, but on post. So I get on the bus and I'm telling the, I, I told him that I'll tell the bus driver to wait. And so he's like, no, nah, no, nah, just go ahead, just go ahead. And so I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, just go ahead. And so I leave and I get back to my room. I'm like, man, All right. That was not so bad. I had a good night. It was fun. Next thing I know, it's like seven, eight, nine AM in the morning. Granted, we got back at like four o'clock in the morning and he's like banging on the door or whatever. I'm like, bro, don't you have your key? He's like, nah, I lost it. Just like I lost my money. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, they held me in the, uh, they held me in the, uh, the little jail overnight and I'm like what he's like yeah not only that but uh our NCO knows that you went out to the club last night I said what the f-? and he's like yeah like the the taxi the the cab driver was like uh there was two people in the car that night and um he was like yeah who was the other soldier he's he didn't even say that it was another soldier he said uh there was two people in the car my roommate and he was like, there was another person. I'm like legit, my roommate could have said that it was anybody else with him in the cab, but the dude knowing that I'm on extra duty and just got an article 15 says that I was with him in the cab. So guess what happened? I got another article 15. yeah I got more extra duty I got more rank taken from me I got more pay taken from me and I'm just like dude you could have told them another female came back with you but you told them that I who was on extra duty already was with you in the cab and wasn't supposed to be off post in the first place was with you like, nah, bruh. Nah, we can't be roommates anymore. Nah, bro. Like, it was tragic. But yeah, that was like my first time, my first and second time, getting the Article 15. And and mind you, those two Article 15s came within like 15 days of each other. And this was at my first duty station. That was fun. <laughs> Uh, man, I don't know but like I just thought a lot of stuff should have went differently in my military career but like I don't I don't regret any of it but I I do wish that I would have done some things differently I wish I would have like tried a little bit harder but uh it is what it is now so um yeah I mean I think this is gonna do it for this episode of Petty Time Away We Will um I had fun telling y'all about some of my military experiences. I believe next time I come back, I'ma definitely get into some of those topics that I was saying earlier that I would talk about, like um, the story with my oldest daughter's mom, the story with my youngest daughter's mom, um, (laughs) some some of the most outlandish things that I've done when I was in Germany so um those are definitely going to be some topics that I talk about on some upcoming podcasts but um I know nobody has yet to tune in because I'm not doing this live but like whenever you do decide to listen to what I had to say like I appreciate y'all I thank y'all for tuning in to my show um I hope all the good things in the world Happen to you with you alone That was kind of a Dave Chappelle reference But uh, yeah Um Big shout out to uh Camel the protege For the song Pass the plate Shout out to Blue Straw Entertainment Shout out to Chantel Um Do I want to give out any, sh- any more shout outs? I always like to shout out the haters, I always like to shout out the doubters, because without you guys, I wouldn't have a drive to do what I do. Um, I know it's been a while since I got on here and did my whole little spiel or whatever, but it is what it is. I'm here now, and there's not much that y'all can do about it. Hmm, um... <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the people who, uh, I don't know if I want to say this. (laughs) Oh, well, I would say it anyway. Shout out to the people who are physically over it and physically removed from things. Because no matter what you got going on, somebody else got something going on too. So, um, I don't know. Hopefully everything gets better. But if it doesn't, oh, well. It is what it is. That's just how it is. And that's just how it's going to be. Unless you change it yourself. Can't really get down on somebody else for doing something to improve themselves. So take everything with a grain of salt. Some of the best advice I've gotten when I was in the military was um, don't allow people to like allow you to keep you in that same position that you're already in. Come in every day as if it's the first day you've been there. And just take everything as if it's water under a bridge. Um, this has been another episode of Petty Time with Wavy Will. I've been your host, Stefan Williams, a.k.a. Wavy Will. Until next time, chumps, champs, and chimps. See y'all next time. Peace out.